morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge ourselves to see within, to see our community, to see the world around us that gets us thinking, gets us talking, uh, gets us imagining, gets us connected, and perhaps inspired to do a bit more. On our show, we talk about connections as well as disconnections. This show is part two of bringing light to the past abuses of young people at the Children's Theater and hopefully shedding light to the future of work we can do to create theater to be a safe, welcoming, and supportive environment for everyone. Our first show was June 15th. And if you want to go back and listen to the podcast, I encourage you to do so. You can go to am950radio.com and then um, scroll down to the Connections image. Click on that. That's the podcast. And go to June 15th to listen to the show. In that show, we had a welcoming um, of two incredible people, (laughs) Laura Stearns and Gina Penn Tracy, who shared their story. Um, these are women who've been leaders. They came forward to share their truth, and they were not going to be intimidated. There's been past abuses in theater. Uh, There's been abuses in religious institutions, in schools, in businesses, in every industry. And recently, there's been a collective to open the door, but it's not an easy door to walk through. And once you walk through that door of speaking truth to power, sharing what happened and the pain that it inflicted, the journey of being heard and supported is not always completely charted. The journey takes each step into a new place. And as leaders walk through the door and they speak truth to power, we need to figure out that landscape and what it looks like so that others can walk through the door and so that we can create change collectively. So this is part two of the uh, ongoing challenge <laughs> uh, Laura Stearns and Gina Pentracy have been facing. Laura is an actor uh, in the Twin Cities area. Uh, and Gina Pentracy was a litigant as Jane Doe. Uh, she is a socially responsible investment advisor but came forward to speak her truth uh, and to share who she is, not just a Jane Doe, give her name and her voice to it. So we welcome you both. We also have today uh, Michael John Peace, who is the executive director of Park Square Theater. So welcome to all. Good morning. Thank you. Thanks for having us back. There's a, a quote that Maya Angelou that has always been very moving to me. There's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. <laughs> yeah. And this is what this is all about, decades of an untold story um, and that burden that you bear and you have borne. So tell me a little bit about your story in a way that if folks have not listened to the first show can get a a sense of what has happened. And then I do want to be sharing a a video that was created uh, by the Children's Theater Company Actors and Teachers. But first, Laura, if you wouldn't mind, just give me the... Um, the nutshell the version. The nutshell, thank you. Yeah, so in uh, 2013, um, there was a, a law passed called the Minnesota Child Victims Act, and that gave um, past abuse uh, survivors the platform to come forward and speak, um, file uh, civil suits against their perpetrators and the institutions that protect them. And that was what basically gave us the ability to have our voice around what happened to us as children at children at CTC back in the 70s and 80s. So there were 16 litigants that came out and filed suit against Children's Theater, and Gina and I are two of those litigants. And the scope of the abuse during those decades is far broader than the 16 of us. There are, We know that there are over 100 victims, probably over 20 perpetrators, um, and so it's a big community of uh, trauma survivors. And this has been a very healing and challenging process to have some of us going through a legal process and some of us just going through a healing and community you know, uh, unfolding kind of process. One of the 
challenges that I saw in this is that after the case was um, decided that it that there was liability, um, that was at my trial in January. Yeah, yep. and uh, the person who perpetrated was liable, but Children's Theater was not. That's what the jury said. Yeah, <laughs> and I think with that came some challenges that you faced in terms of um, what does that look like and why. And then how you were treated by children's theater after that? Yeah, I, I, it was it was definitely a difficult um, verdict for me to hear because um, those of us who were there are very clear about you know who who is at fault, and uh, and who should be um, uh, held held accountable. And meaning the institution yes. itself. And uh, so children's theater, you know, uh, back in now I can't even remember the dates. I don't have them all locked in my head. But they they uh, came after me for a thing called taxation of cost, uh, trying to get me to pay almost three hundred thousand dollars worth of their trial fees, which and, felt which I'm was sure a, intimidation was an and, yeah, and, and terrified very much. And and not just an attack against Laura. It was a a swipe at everybody who were filing suits because it was, you know, not only could you not get any outcome that's positive, but we can come after you and attack and you. And be penalized for it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's insult, a message to, to survivors in general. I mean, that's that's just mm-hmm. a statement, I think, by um, powerful uh, institutions that want to just si- silence people and make insult it so that they don't want to come forward. to injury yeah. to uh, victims. Yes. And... You weren't going to stand for that. No, and I think you know that's one of the things that this this uh, process of being uh, given the opportunity to come forward has given so many of us is is a voice and learning how to use that voice, and it it's been really extraordinary to watch the other survivors in our. A small community of, of litigants. Um, one of them in particular, our, our very good friend Erin, who she started uh, a protest CTC back in, I think, March or something like that. Yeah. So, And it was just her with a sign out there in front of the theater with her husband. And it's grown and it's gotten bigger as a result of you know what CTC did and my call for boycott. And the community has really stepped up in a way that's been quite extraordinary. And I just want to send props to Erin to for sort of starting Every that particular We'll be there later today. 11.30 to 1.30. (laughs) With it, I'd like to have a video that was created uh, be shared. Mm -hmm. And this is Standing with CTC. Survivors. Survivors. But you can go to standingwithctcsurvivors.com and see this yourselves. But I was very moved by it and want to have it be shared on air on our show today. We speak on our own behalf as teachers, artists, and those who have been employed by Children's Theatre Company. This statement does not represent an official stance of CTC. We are theatre artists, educators, and staff at CTC who stand in solidarity with people who have experienced sexual abuse. We are responding to CTC's recent actions and public communication regarding current lawsuits brought forward by survivors of sexual abuse, perpetrated by CTC staff in the 70s and 80s. Although CTC has enacted youth safety policies and protections since then and acknowledged past abuse, we believe that deeper healing within the community and justice for survivors is imperative. We honor and grieve the memory of sexual assault victims who have died and are humbled by the strength, courage, and perseverance of those who have survived. We acknowledge that all of us who work at CTC have profited from an organizational culture of silence around sexual abuse. And that complicity in this silence is a form of ongoing violence. We can no longer distance ourselves from CTC's history without meaningful collective action toward justice. As artists and teachers, it is our job to imagine and create a world that we want to live in. And to empower the children of our community to do the same. We believe healing transformation is possible, and that it will begin when we prioritize communal well-being over institutional stability. We imagine a culture where organizational leadership listens, responds to, and trusts the needs and concerns of the communities they pledge to serve. This is a culture we don't consistently observe in the actions of current CTC leadership. 
We value leadership that honors feedback and grievances as guidance for community growth. Without deflecting criticism or negating people's experiences to preserve reputation. We value leadership that takes transparent action in the service of their community at any cost, regardless of legal counsel or financial pressure. We value leadership that entrusts decision-making power and resources to those most affected by oppression and violence, seeding institutional agendas in service of transformation. A theater's purpose is to serve its community. If CTC does not align with our community's values, it no longer serves its purpose. In this spirit, we call for the following actions. Publicly acknowledge the institution's historical role in perpetuating a culture of sexual exploitation, as well as the present harm caused by failure to meaningfully redress the harms of the past. Reorient the legal strategy to prioritize compassionate and humane treatment of survivors. Host a community town hall with attendance of CTC's leadership and all members of the board of directors. Pledge to answer community members' questions and concerns and to remain in communication and consultation with the community going forward. Create a fund administered by an independent party to compensate all survivors. Whether or not they have met deadlines for filing for damages under the law. To move forward with integrity will require being vulnerable and taking risks. Transformative justice extends beyond a few direct actions. It demands an ongoing dedication to radical cultural and social growth. To CTC's leadership and board, we ask. How are you willing to grow? How are you willing to grow? How are you willing to grow? We encourage all those wishing to show their support to create a selfie or a short video with the hashtag StandingWithCTCSurvivors. To learn more, visit StandingWithCTCSurvivors.com. And I believe everyone in this room, and I'm hoping most of our audience, stands with CTC Survivors. In our next segment, when you uh, come back after some commercials, we'll be talking about a letter that was produced by Children's Theater, one that we can be um, proud that they have done some good work in thinking about, but there are also uh, some suggestions uh, to continue this journey in a meaningful and powerful way. So stay with us. Uh, we'll be back, and we want you with us. Thanks. I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the Eastside's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. Hi, this is Chad from AM950. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, window, and insulation contractor in the metro. Ryan is so excited about working with AM950 and our listeners that he wants to help us grow. This is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. I was friends with Chad long before I started marketing with him. I was a bit skeptical of radio advertising before Chad convinced us to run ads. The advertising's been so successful, we want to help the station grow. We've absolutely loved working with the listeners of AM950, and we all know how extremely important this radio station is to the community. To help AM950 grow this summer, Snap Construction will be putting up proceeds to assist the station in marketing on social media. Snap Construction encourages you to follow, engage, share, and interact on the AM950 social media platforms. Together, we can all work to ensure AM950 continues to thrive and grow in our communities. We stand by our work with a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee. For a free estimate or more information on our financing, call 6 612-333-SNAP or check us out online. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists. Warner Stellion. 
My favorite meal of the day is breakfast, and for morning fiddles, I head to Milton's, 36 and Douglas in Crystal. My favorite is either the rib scrambler, scrambled eggs with ribs, portobello mushrooms, jalapenos, and pepper jack cheese, or the steak and eggs. My wife loves the pepper jack creamy grits and the stuffed avocados with poached eggs cradled in avocado halves. The kids love the French toast or the stuffed French toast filled with fruit and cream cheese. Top it off with coffee done my way from the Milton's coffee bar, and I'm ready for the day. Breakfast is waiting for you at Milton's, 36 and Douglas in Crystal. Hackers, ransomware, security breaches. As I speak, cybercriminals are stepping up their attacks on businesses like yours. Hi, Mark Sommerfeld of Rymark. Rymark has the expertise and experience necessary to navigate your company to safe water. We launch our process with a network security assessment. We'll uncover the hidden threats to your business and provide you with a map to peace of mind. And it's free. Call 651-328-8900 or go to rymarkit.com to schedule your free security assessment today. Welcome back to the Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and we have been talking uh, with some extraordinary people who have spoken truth to power. Laura Stearns, an actor, Gina Pantracy. Uh, who is a socially responsible investment advisor, both attended Children's Theater Company School and suffered abuses and spoke up uh, and as part of a lawsuit, um, brought their issues and um, requests (laughs) 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 through a lawsuit uh, to the Children's Theater. And there's been many aspects to going through that door of claiming uh, the injustice that occurred and and what is the redress for that injustice. Uh, in our first segment, we heard Laura share about her journey uh, and the challenge that she faced after the lawsuit being threatened to have to pay for uh, $300,000 worth of legal fees, which has been dropped. Yes, they removed that or withdrew that motion, yes. Yeah, which is good. Uh, but it didn't stop you from continuing to have the issue be on the table because I feel, Laura, that you've taken a leadership role and you've sensed the pain of a lot of people and you were willing to take a leadership role to say that, that we can do better. Absolutely. I feel like I've, I have found it in myself to have a voice around this and that there are so many voiceless people and I do hear from a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we need to keep speaking up for those that are not in a place where they can speak up for themselves. So that's where I think, you know, continuing to do the protests and and keeping the pressure on until this is completely resolved is so important because there's so many people. So I, I'm willing to use my voice you, pu- you publicly called for a boycott. I did. I did. And, yeah. and that was very brave. Well, after they attacked me, it was I felt like the, the proper response was mm-hmm. to say enough and mm-hmm. push back. And I hadn't really done that in the you know four years that I'd been going through this legal process. I was really trying to sit back and wait and see how they But you they weren't going to let a bully but be a bully. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was done with that. Well, and so. we really – we didn't want to harm – today's theater. We Mm -hmm. really wanted this to be an acknowledgement of the past without it becoming a current issue. But their behavior has brought it forward that this is a current issue because creating a culture where survivors can't speak, are, you know, are pushed back into the, into the recesses where the past uh, abuses aren't acknowledged, that all contributes to current people, children being abused, not being able to speak. And so it sends that, a was, message. that was a big part of why I came forward also with Laura and said, you know, this we have to speak out because we're trying to do something behind the scenes quietly so we don't have a negative impact on the theater, but that's perpetuating this culture of silence. And for those who may have just joined us, I want to make sure I introduce everyone. Uh, Laura Stearns, actor, uh, Gina Pantracy, socially responsible investment advisor, also part of the uh, Is a Litigant, who was Jane Doe, but now has claimed um, coming forward. We also have Michael John Peace, who's the executive director of Park Square Theater. in, and in today, we're looking also at not what happened. Uh, we're looking at what happened as well as how do we move forward? What's the landscape to create uh, a safe and supportive and welcoming environment, especially for children? So in the last segment, we heard from voices. Uh, 
children's theater company, students, actors, teachers. That must have been very moving for you to to see that it has taken a step where it is a collective that is supporting this voice. It's incredibly powerful because we've all felt so uh, alone for so long. It's been, you know, 30 years of trying, you know, clutching to each other or no one and just sort of suffering in silence by ourselves. So to have the community step up in the way that they did uh, when I called for boycott, I had no idea that the response would be what it was. And and this video and the teachers coming together in the way that they did was a, was a pretty direct result of of CTC's actions and my reaction to that. And the, the, uh, the theater community has been incredibly supportive around this, which is one of the reasons why we wanted Michael John to come in today and talk about what that was like for him as another leader in the theater community looking at one of the large institutions in town taking actions against somebody that was so inappropriate. And I think the the video that you played and the response from uh, people who work with or have worked with CTC um, on their own, right? That's the pressure because when you hear that and then you read their rec- CTC's recent response, it you know they started actually responding and saying yes, these are things we will do. So even though there's areas where it doesn't go far enough and they have there's other behavior that needs to be changed, I think that was the right kind of pressure. Yes, uh, as it turned out. Right? Yeah. And there is a letter, and I, I encourage you to take a look at the letter. It's at uh, childrenstheater.org backslash about us, backslash newsfeed. But if you go to the Children's Theater, I'm sure you're going to be able to find it. They do make some um, important points. Uh, they do address this to the artists, teaching artists and staff at CTC. So that um, I believe that is a, a good response to the CTC standing by survivors. But they go into training and education, a community council, an open forum, a three-part speaker series. Um, They're encouraging survivors to share their stories. Um, They uh, are reaching out in a variety of ways. So I'd love to hear your response um, to their letter. Well, I think for me, reading it, I I had a – I was excited. I was really happy. And um, it took me a minute to – put it in the larger context of the continuing legal uh, aggression and kind of balance that out. But I think this has been decades of silence being stonewalled, being having the institution say we're not responsible, we're not even going to acknowledge this as part of our history. So to actively say we're going to train people in how to take care of children in the context of we failed in a major way for two decades. And that is a different context to train people to care for children at the children's theater than they've ever had before. So I think so often big. it can be a check off the box. That yeah. We'll do this. Right. It, Even, and yeah. I'm sure when those policies started, I would imagine there was more power behind them. But mm-hmm. again, as, as you yeah. have new people who weren't yeah. there then and it becomes rote. Um, so – Building that history and does automatically give it new power to everyone who has to go through a training or who starts work there or who brings their children there. Yeah. Well, actually, I think at the time, the whole uh, the whole thing coming to light against John Donahue was looked at as a witch hunt. Mm-hmm. And it, it was not treated as something that was really significant. And a lot of the people in the children's theater core group were able to just go out into the rest of the theater community and, and find easy work. So this is a very big difference mm-hmm. from the theater community, too, right. their response. It's healing. They're also having a survivor fund, which I think is important. And they're committed to working with community leaders and practi- practi- practitioners. Um, so it sounds like they're saying the right things. There are many right things in here. There are some right things in that letter, for sure. But there's a wound as well. There is a huge wound. And um, the the thing, when I first read through the the letter, there was one sentence that uh, really hooked me. And it is um, towards the beginning, and they say, uh, CTC of today and tomorrow have no place for abuse of any kind. And that's where I stopped, and I just got really angry because there's abuse happening right now against the, the litigants. Mm-hmm. And the next trial is set for 
October. It is a Jane Doe. It is the same perpetrator as the person that assaulted both Gina and I and this particular litigant. They are doing all the dirty legal tricks that one Jane can. Hardball. Yeah, it is. Total hardball. You know, they sort of doubled down on 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 her. And so while they're doing this, writing this great letter and talking to the community and saying all of that, on the other hand, they're doing this really horrible stuff to the people who are, you know, calling them out for, for their their for their So it doesn't feel fully authentic to you? It doesn't. I, I think there are elements of it that are, mm-hmm. but a lot of it also seems like it's just, okay, well, you know, because we called for a a survivor's fund two years ago mm-hmm. and got silence. Mm-hmm. So uh, this, in the letter, it feels a little bit like, you know, oh, we're going to do this great thing. And it's like, yeah, you should have done this a long time ago. We've been asking for that because we, there are so many members of our community that aren't doing well, mm-hmm. that yeah, you know, they're, they, really they're struggling. And so this was an important piece for us to see the rest of the community be cared for at some level. Well, with that, I'd like to encourage if there are folks out there that have either felt abuse at Children's Theater or want to stand with the uh, CTC survivors um, for a myriad of reasons, I encourage you to go to standingwithctcsurvivors.com and share your story, share your support. Um, Share your solidarity uh, to making CTC a better place for all. And when we come back in our next segment, we'll be talking about what theaters in the Twin Cities community are doing, especially Park Square. We're going to hear from Michael John Peace on some of the work that is being done there, uh, which is a beacon of light, I believe, for many theaters to start making a difference. And we'll also hear about some other programs coming up at the Guthrie and others as well. So uh, it's happening in our community and good things are coming of this and good hope uh, is um, is laid out and it's a matter of us working to make sure that hope becomes real so stay with us Tom Hartman here for All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that you save more if you wait, but waiting to switch can actually cost you more. While tax rebates make solar affordable, those rebates are often limited and decrease over time. So when you wait, you risk losing some of the incentives that make solar so easy to afford today. And besides, the sooner you get your All Energy Solar system, the sooner you reduce or even eliminate that high electricity bill. Make the switch today at allenergysolar.com. Minnesota is the home of heroes. Dock and Lift in Spring Park recognizes all of our local military members. A world of thanks to those who serve and their families for securing peace and prosperity for our country. Freedom rings because of your great sacrifice. Brave hearts who continue to lay down their own lives to protect and defend ours. Dock and Lift in Spring Park. We love our freedom, so we support our troops. We live in the land of the free, thanks to the brave. Tune in to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. We discuss national and local Native American news and events. Two hours is still not long enough. Join Robert Pilot, Wendy Pilot, and me, Uncle Curtis. Weekly correspondents include Winona LaDuke, John Greendeer, and Representative Mary Kanush Podine. Broadcast live AM 950, Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. We'll be broadcasting live at the Minnesota State Fair, August 24th. At the International Market Bazaar. Brought to you by Robbins Kaplan and Ho-Chunk Nation. We are awake. Hi, I'm Peter Solak. And I'm Adam Ostrowski. We are here at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces to talk about outdoor fires. Sitting around a fire is the oldest, most basic form of human activity. What's new is in the way fire is burned. We can show you how to burn cleaner with a lot less smoke. The radiant heat and light from an open fire is unmatched. It kindles our spirits and connects us to the outdoors. And now it's easier to experience and enjoy. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces sells and installs wood and gas burning fire pits and fireplaces. Let us help you experience an outdoor fire without all the smoke. Come see the many ways you can enjoy a fire outdoors. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood and gas units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. More information at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. 
I'm Candy Braffle, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings magazine and host of Green Tea Conversations, a new show for people who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and play a more active role in their family's well-being. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts who share the latest in natural holistic approaches in a fun and informative way. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversation as we awaken to natural health. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today's sunny with a high near 83, and tonight a chance of showers with a low around 66. Sunday, rain continues with a high near 77 and a low around 58. Monday, sunny with a high near 82 and a low around 65. During standard heating and air conditioning state fair sale, you can get a new AC for just $2,400 with the purchase of a new high-efficiency furnace. Restrictions apply. Learn more about this great state fair sale at standardheatingdeals.com. Standard heating and air conditioning, comfort you deserve. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and today we have been... Uh, discussing part two in bringing the light of past abuses of young people at the Children's Theater and shedding light to the future of what we can create to make theater and where children work a safe and welcoming and supportive environment. The first show, if you'd like to go back and give that a listen, is on June 15th. You can go to our am950radio.com, go back down to the Connections uh, image, hit on that, and you'll have the podcast. Go to June 15th and hear the first show. It was a, uh, a wonderful show that Laura Stearns, who's an actor, and Gina Pentracy, uh, who is a litigant um, and who is now a socially responsible investment advisor, uh, shared their story of why they brought the lawsuit and what have been the challenges in that lawsuit. In our last segment, we uh, went over the statement that just came out on the 14th from the Children's Theater in their response uh, to both their um, employees, their students, their actors, and the community in ways that they want to right past wrongs. Many good things in that letter and um, – and we all deeply feel that that was motivated by the strong response that has uh, taken place since that lawsuit and since Laura standing up and saying, no, you will not be uh, continuing the abuse and we will boycott until the right has been – until things have been made right. In this segment, we also have Michael John Peace, who's the executive director of Park Square Theater. And you also – your theater company came out with a statement this week. Um, that I'd love to have be shared with our audience. Sure. Um, for a bit of context, as the um, as Laura's case was making its way through the news feed as well <laughs> as through the courts, uh, Minnesota Playlist, um, which is an online magazine and resource for our industry, um, called out to theater leaders, including those at Park Square, uh, but of about 20 theaters to say, what is your response? You know, how do we change the culture of silence? And... Um, so a joint statement was put together by a number of those theaters, which then, of course, took a long time. Uh, and it was that tipping point that for me as a survivor of sexual abuse, not at Children's Theater Company, not in Minnesota, uh, to come forward with my own personal statement in support of Laura and the litigants and um, the need for change. And uh, and it really was personal. It was not endorsed by the theater, although they were aware of it, um, because it was a personal call to, if you're a survivor, reach out to me personally. If you've had uh, experienced harassment or abuse at Park Square, reach out to me professionally. Uh, and so I had responses on both sides of that, so which felt very gratifying. But it really opened up the conversation at Park Square, and our staff felt like I had step forward into the arena in a way that institutionally we hadn't done. Um, and so, but we have been, we have been working on trying to create a safer space because I'm very passionate about that. So this statement, I'll just read uh, one thing and talk about a few items that uh, we want to take action on. So um, the, the meat of it is in the, in this era of how do we all promote silence by just sort of going, whew, that's happening across the river. Mm -hmm. We're just going to go on and make theater, right? That's an easy thing to do mm -hmm. um, in any Play. industry to be yeah. like, oh, glad I don't work there. So, but <laughs> our statement, we recognize that Park Square Theater as an institution has not until this time spoken out against the culture of complicit silence around sexual abuse that was the industry norm for generations. That silence has allowed those in positions of power to harass and abuse artists, technicians, and staff who are dependent on them for work. 
We also recognize that our art form itself, with its depictions of human behaviors, including romantic intimacy and physical and emotional and sexual violence, creates situations where abuse can occur. Therefore, it's our responsibility to promote policies and procedures that protect those who work at Park Square Theater. Uh, and some of the ways we want to move forward with intention to create a healthier climate is to continue to develop and improve our code of conduct, our anti-harassment policies and procedures, um, discuss our behavior expectations and policies at job orientations. First, rehearsals. I mean, part of what makes uh, it not special that there's sexual abuse and harassment in theaters, but it's different is that you get these teams of people coming together for six or 12 weeks, and so it's... It, even if you're inviting people to come forward, there's this human thing about like, I can just get through this. It's going to end. It's different than when you're going to work here for maybe 10 years, right? There's not necessarily HR policies around right. a exactly. 6 to 12-week project. And, and we've HR. got strong artist unions, but yeah. they're not they're not training artists in, in this space. Mm -hmm. um, you've got theater directors, a stage director coming in to lead a show, and it's like we're choosing them as an artist, and we there's no conversation about what are your personnel responsibilities, right, for managing this mm -hmm. team. So anyway, so wanting to discuss those things at first rehearsals, and then again at start of technical rehearsals, where now the whole rest of the team is together, all the crew that gets hired later in the process, um, and to promote a culture where those, this is the key thing. This is where I feel like um, it's easy for institutions not to, do, to say they do this and don't. Promote a culture where those who experience or observe harassment feel safe reporting it to company leadership. Um, hire trained intimacy directors when a play's content calls for it, and participate in the ongoing conversations within our greater community. And I think that piece for me that's uh, where I have a lot of passion is um, using my platform as a survivor to really send the message that you can come forward, but I won't always be in this job, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we really Policy. build that authentically? Yeah. And I mean, it's it's little things like even putting the pictures of the people of the chain of reporting uh, and making clear you can go to anyone so that because then you're in the hall, maybe you saw everyone at first rehearsal, then you sort of dove into this world you're creating. Mm -hmm. And trying to even think of simple things like that, like there's a face of a woman or a man I could go to, mm -hmm. right, if I'm observing or feeling something. And then when we've had... You know, blessedly, I'll say as the leader of the organization, we haven't had huge, um, you know, we haven't had anything legal coming forward, but people sharing their experiences um, of sexual harassment. And then when I've had someone come forward, I'll, I've gone to the companies that are working in the building. It's like, I'm not talking about this situation, but I want you to know someone has reported and this is how we're handling it. Because to me, that's how you demonstrate you can report, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? As opposed to like, this is just happening off the side, you do your show. So we're just really in a place of exploration. Um, what yeah. I think is an opportunity is that sexual abuse and um, injustices towards children, women, men, um, occur in all industries. Yeah. And Sometimes we like to pretend it's not happening in theater mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. But if we can be a part of making a difference to all industries by showing this is the way to do it, um, I'd be very proud of our Twin Cities community for outlining here's, the, here's a path to think about. Right. I'm really proud of the, the theater community and how they have stepped up with having documents like respecting the workplace documents. They're becoming more and more common. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was just at a first rehearsal this last week at the Minnesota Jewish Theater for the next show that I'm working on. And that was the first time that they had had a statement that they read at the beginning of the rehearsal. And I was like, okay, good. And, you know, so, so bigger theaters, smaller theaters, they're all starting to kind of climb on to this idea and that it's really important. The Guthrie's had one for the last couple of years. Um, and so I, I just think it's really – I really applaud you um, – uh, Michael John, just not for having the policy, but for actually like putting some weight behind it and and really and, making people feel and like on a personal level, your statement is really important yeah. because yeah. we have a number of male litigants in our community that are not comfortable coming forward and speaking. And I think having a male voice in this realm to to set the example and say, you can speak about this. You can be, a whole healthy human being and have come through a past like this, 25% of children are abused by the time they're 17 years old, sexually abused. That's a huge number of people. And setting, you know, just putting your voice out there is really meaningful. And the impact on that 17-year-old 
for you, you decided not to go into theater. Oh yeah, it no was, way. and so you know it, and we lost an artist, you know, that could have been on our stages. Yeah, a beautiful artist, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and there are other ramifications that don't always get talked about. What about the relationships after the sexual abuse? How they've been impacted, and perhaps uh, not even uh, pushed away. Um, because of the sexual abuse and the memories. These are memories that don't ever go away. Now, that's the thing about trauma is it really is imprinted on you and you carry it with you for the rest of your life. There's different ways that people will carry that and move through that and process it, but it doesn't just go away. It isn't, you know... It's not something you just get over. No, you can't right. just get over it. I was thinking about this um, this past week, I was with my son, and we were driving through North Dakota and watching the windmills. They have a mm-hmm. windmill field. And I thought, when I was looking at that, that it is like when a windmill is turning in the wind. You can't stop that windmill because the wind, that's a force that's moving through it that it is can't resist. And that's what it's similar, like when you get triggered in, uh, in trauma. It is, you can't stop that from turning. You are somewhat of a, a, a slave to that. But you've taken yeah. that, and I, I've heard in other conversations that you've taken that sense of it's not a victimage. This is mm-hmm. something that you can take and say no and 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 require it of others so that you can protect the next generation. Absolutely. And there are things that you can do to get better and yeah. to take more control over your life and not let, you know, put yourself in the driver's seat instead right. of the trauma. And how can that trauma inform change? Right. And that's where, again, good things that can be done with good hope to come through. Thank you for being with us. We're going to have one more uh, segment coming up that I want you to make sure to stay. And that's how can we do things individually and collectively and what change could happen across the country with the right focus. And I want you to be a part of that. I want you to make the connection and I want you to make the commitment with us to make a change. And you're listening to Connections Radio Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm Peter Rackliff from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The Payne-Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the east side their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Located just north of 50th in France, the Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include hot and sour soup, pan-fried dumplings, and mushu pork with homemade Chinese pancakes. Stop by their Edina location or call for takeout at 952-927-4439. See the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. Chances are, after spring cleaning, you missed a spot. A couple really big spots, like your roof and siding. Run your fingers across your siding. You'll likely get a gross residue. And your roof probably has some black streaks, too. Your roof and siding aren't always easy to clean, but they're definitely the most visible parts of your home that give it its curb appeal. So let Blue Sky Services clean your roof and siding. Blue Sky's safe soft wash method won't cause any damages and will make your home look like new. 
Right now, Blue Sky Services is running their summer special where you can get your whole house, roof, and siding cleaned starting at only $447. That's the most viewed parts of your home cleaned for only $447. Then mention AM950 when you call Blue Sky Services to get an additional $50 off. So get the curb appeal back on your home and call Blue Sky Services at 952-467-2447. That's 952-467-2447. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm your host, Lori Fitz, and we have been bringing light to the past abuses of young people at Children's Theater and shedding the light to the future of ways that we can create a safe, welcoming, and supportive environment for everyone in the theater. And we have two sheroes <laughs> who help lead the way uh, that were with us on June 15th. And so if you want to go back and listen to the podcast for June 15th, I highly recommend it. Laura Stearns, an actor who stood up to the Children's Theater uh, after her lawsuit and when they came after her for paying $300,000 worth of litigation fees. And she said no and <laughs> created a boycott and created a, a movement to support change. We also have Gina Penn Tracy, who studied to be an actor, chose not to go into acting because of the challenges that she faced. She is now a socially responsible investment advisor and here to share her story as well. Michael John Peace, who is the executive director at the Park Square Theater, who's helping to make change in theater today so that we have environments that are safe and supportive and showing the path uh, to how to communicate if there has been a challenge and, and what what are the ways that you can speak out. So with that, I'd like to talk about the future and I'd like to have each of you share your hopes for the future. And Laura, I'm going to have you start. Yeah. Um, one of the things that has been such a driving force for me is understanding that what we're doing here today is not just going to help the survivors of of our particular circle, but that we have an opportunity to really change things on a national level. Uh, when I first came forward, um, I'm an employee at the Guthrie. I run the wig and makeup department there. So I've been on staff there for many years. And I was working there at the time that I first filed my suit. And within a couple of weeks after my filing suit, uh, the Guthrie Theater instituted what they call a child protection policy. And they didn't have one before that. And uh, there are a lot of theaters in town that don't have child protection policies. And the Guthrie doesn't work with children a lot. I mean, we do, but it's not like the children's theater. Um, and that was really important to uh, – it is important to recognize that the children aren't protected everywhere and that that's sort of my goal is to make sure that every – movie set, every theater, every school for the arts has some kind of policy in place and it doesn't exist now and it really should. It's sort of crazy to me that it doesn't. And that's one of the things that I feel very frustrated about with children's theaters that they could have really um, pushed this initiative over the last 30 years. They have a child protection policy there because they have to have one. <laughs> and they could have been insisting that that be the case everywhere. They could have really used their history in a positive way instead of hiding from it. So I'm hoping that that the national news that is starting to um, gurgle up around this conversation will help push that um, even further um, beyond our, our Twin Cities. Gina. Uh, for me, I think uh, what I want to really get out there in the world is if you're an adult, if you're a parent, if you're somebody that works with children and you suspect something, be willing to be wrong. Be willing to go towards it instead of looking away from it. Because we had a lot of adults around us that weren't the abusers that actively looked away. And a lot of parents that had feelings, negative feelings about it, and they also looked away. And it's a, it's a scary thing to not know for sure, and yet push forward and say, I think something might be going on here that's not okay. And you might be wrong, and God willing, you are wrong. But you have to step into that space and that discomfort in order to change and end abuse. Michael John. 
Well, um, I was really pleased when Laura reached out to me and a number of our fellow theater professionals and leaders to say, how do we collectively, locally um, continue the conversation? Um, so we had a first meeting around creating a cultural shift in our industry, and uh, next one's coming up to – and it's, so, of course, it's starting huge, right? Mm-hmm. We want to do everything. Well, but some things that are rising to the surface are how do we create for ourselves as Twin Cities and Minnesota artists a code of conduct so that we can hold each other accountable. Um, what kinds of community conversations do we want to host jointly together with um, both local and, and perhaps national facilitators? Uh, and so, and then I was pleased then when CTC said they are going to step into that space too, right? So we'll be there with them. Um, the Guthrie stepping into that space this coming Monday. Um, I'll be, I'll be there, and uh, as will many others. So I think together that's the action that we just need to keep putting one foot in front of the other and be willing to have messy conversations and forgive each other for saying the wrong thing, right? Because to Jenny's point, it's it's all the right thing if mm-hmm. it's about making change. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. And uh, just to speak to the, the happening that's uh, uh, scheduled for Monday night, um, it is uh, a happening at the Guthrie is basically a, a call to community conversation and a response to things that are happening in the community. And this one, they decided that they would do one um, based on, on my uh, coming forward and using my voice, and it's called The Art of Surviving. And there will be, uh, I'm one of four speakers, uh, and the other speakers are Sharon Day from the indigenous community, Simukta Vangse, who's a Hmong artist, and Ifra Mansour, who is a Somali leader. And they're all artists, and so we're going to talk about what it's like to be an artist and having that, you know, the the trauma in our past and how do we use that as artists to move forward. And so that's, I think, going to be a really great conversation. And then there will be facilitated conversations after that in the lobby. There's going to be, um, I think there's maybe a dozen um, community leaders that are going to be facilitating conversations for people. I think it's going to be a really strong conversation, and I hope people will come 7 o'clock on Monday. And if they want more information, they can go to the Guthrie Guthrie Theater.org. Under the community um, banner, they can find more information about it. And, and CTC is hosting an open conversation on September 16th? 16th at 5, yep. yep. Thank you. I just was going to put that into the space in case yep. people don't go back to their letter and read to that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I hope people will go to that as well and, and use their voice and, and let let CTC know what, uh, what they think about all of this and what's acceptable and what's not. There's also the standing with ctcsurvivors.com uh, that we talked about earlier uh, that I encourage you to go to their website and um, hear their message. And they've got some historical uh, articles that'll outline what's happened. So if you want to know more about what's happened. And I want to thank each of you for sharing your stories and your your hope for the future. Um, there's been a lot of silence. And out of silence, there's a secret. And being able to have the secrets be no longer silent and have the secrets guide us in how to create something more powerful, uh, more protective, Um, more nurturing for our artists so that we don't lose artists, that we support artists, and that um, we say no to abuses. Yeah. Thank you. Remember that humanity is the heart of our art form and indeed all of us. Yeah. Thank you for lifting up the conversation, Lori. Thank you. And thank you to the audience who support this and who will continue to support it as well.